My name is Kevin Ward. I've been working in radio sports for more than 30 years, the past 12, as the program director of the Sports Animal Radio Network and ESPN Radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I also serve as the sports ministry deacon at the Park Church of Christ in Tulsa. Suit Up is a podcast dedicated to talking to people in the sports world about their faith. My guest on this episode is still an NCAA record-holding wide receiver from the University of Tulsa, whose football life has taken many turns along the way from at one time even being homeless to All-American to having his own NFL disappointment. But he's on a current high, recently named the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at William & Mary. We welcome to this episode of Suit Up, Brennan Marion. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for being a part of this program. You've got a great story to tell. I caught wind of it not long ago on LinkedIn and knew that I needed to have you on the program. And obviously, you've got some Tulsa ties, having played some college football here. And and there's also another little stint in Oklahoma. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But I kind of wanted to start, Brennan, with your upbringing, born in Hampton, Virginia, and uh, just turned 31, your last birthday. But uh, when I asked you about being raised in a Christian home, you mentioned that you were raised by your grandmother, Charlene Marion. Tell me how that came about. Well, I would spend the majority of the time, uh, you know, with my mother. Uh, my mom was a single mom. My dad was uh, in the Air Force. Uh, so that's how I was born in Hampton, Virginia. But my family, my mom and dad, were from Pittsburgh. And uh, so my mom had brought me back to Pittsburgh. Um, and, and my grandma kind of always, anytime I was with my grandma, we were at church. So um, she was the choir director, the church accountant. That was her, you know, actual daytime profession, an, an accountant for PPG Glass. So anytime I was with her, we would be at church. So, um, you know, I was really brought up in the church around her. Um, because she did so much uh, for the church as far as, you know, starting youth groups. I remember going, knocking door-to-door with her, you know, trying to get people to come to church, you know, back in the Crusader days, trying to, you know, teach people about the Word of God. So, um, you know, that's where where my faith, faith started at, was with my grandmother. So raised then with your mom and dad, and do you have any other brothers and, and sisters, or was it just you? Yeah, so my my dad wasn't actually around when I was a kid. Um, he was he was close. He was near, but you know, didn't spend much time with him um, until until my late teen years. He was dealing with some addiction issues, different things. So me and my brother, my older brother, uh, were raised by my mom, and then I have a younger brother who my dad had later later on in life. Tell me about your school days, because um, I couldn't tell. There were so many schools. I know you graduated from uh, Greensburg, uh, Salem, in Pennsylvania, in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, but there were some other schools listed, too. How many different schools did you end up going to? So from fifth grade on, I believe, sixth, fifth or sixth grade on, I went to a different school every year, some school, some years twice. Wow. You know, so I actually went to school in Georgia for a little bit. I went to uh, Wilson Christian Academy. I went to Woodland Hills. I went to Penn Hills. I went to Westinghouse. I went to Still Valley. And then I graduated from Greensburg, Salem. And I also went to a school called Rodenstein. It's, it's got closed down as well. So um, I jumped around a lot, bounced around a lot of different schools. Uh, just with my mom moving, you know, like we would get evicted or, you know, she'd have an issue with a, with a guy she was dating or something. And then we'd have to 
you know, move to another place. But mm-hmm. I think it's actually helped me in, in coaching because now I can relate to a lot of different people because I've lived in a lot of different places, you, you know. So it, it actually helps me, you know, being a recruiter now as a coach. Yeah. I know that your cousin was shot and killed, and I don't know if that was before or after that your grandmother passed, but I know that that was one of the uh, first significant times in your life where you really had to call on your your faith is when your grandmother passed. Um, Going into my sophomore year, my grandmother was actually, it was her birthday, so it was around August. It was around August, and, uh, you know, she went to work one day, and she just passed out at work, come to find out, and she was completely fine like the day before. Come to find out she had, like, golf ball-sized tumors on her brain. And, you know, that just took our family by by shock. So, you know, going to the hospital, you know, I talked to her, and she asked me two things. One, to, you know, make something out of myself, because I was actually on the verge of dropping out of school. You know, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, there was kids my age that were making two and $3,000 a week, you know, dealing drugs. And, you know, just Pittsburgh was really rough at the time in the city, so, you know, it's hard for me to believe that school was really going to help me when I saw people getting shot, killed, you know, just a lot of things going on, you know what I mean? It was a lot mm-hmm. of bad things going on in my circumstances, environment, so, you know, so when, when she, she asked me that, and then she asked me if me and my dad could create a relationship, because we didn't have one at that point, you know, she said, I, I just want you to, guys at least to try to be friends or get to know each other. Would that relationship, Brennan, ever develop? Yeah, me and my dad have definitely, you know, spent some time with each other, got to know each other. Um, we talk to each other at least, you know, once every two weeks, once a week. So, you know, me and my dad have definitely, I'd say, stopped the bleed. You know, it's not as, you know, a bad relationship. So, um, you know, I definitely took what my grandma said to heart. Mm-hmm. I started getting on my schoolwork. Um, you know, obviously, you know, doing the right things in school, going to school again every day um, and tr- and trying to do the right thing you know, to honor her name. So I spent a lot of time honoring her name and, and working really hard. So that definitely increased my increased my faith because that was the only person I knew that was completely right, like, you know, did, like, everything the right way, helped a ton of people. You know, when her funeral, I thought I was special. You know, being at her funeral, I thought I was, like, special. But she treated everybody the way she treated me. So she had a ton of friends, a, a ton of loved ones who, you know, cherished her, cherished the relationship with her. What a blessing. So you, you finish high school. Um, you, you don't get a full scholarship offer anywhere. You get kind of a partial to uh, Temple. And so you have to make a decision on what to do with football. And uh, because you did play basketball and you ran track in high school, but obviously football uh, was your passion. And so you decided to go almost all the way across the country. Well, I guess it was all the way across the country to uh, California to uh, Foothill Junior College, just outside of San Jose, and played there for one year. And then you transferred to uh, De Anza Junior College, which is outside of San Francisco. And and that's where things get real interesting for you, Brendan, (laughs) because things take a turn for the worst as far as for you personally and what you had to go through but by the end of the football season they're as good as it gets and we'll get to that in just a minute thanks for listening to suit up this episode with brennan marion we'll be back to conclude this episode after this break this is mitch wilburn preaching minister at the park church of christ 
proud sponsor of Suit Up. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join us for worship at the park. We're a Bible-based church that loves the Lord and loves people. We have one service on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and that's followed by classes for everyone from newborn to 100 years of age. The park sits on a rather large lot near the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike and offers a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night we meet at 7 p.m. Our youth have their own building with multiple men and women leading them, and our kids age one to fifth grade have their own educational wing that even has its own working carousel and ice cream parlor. And I love both. Kevin, the host of this podcast, is in charge of our sports ministry that goes on all year round with basketball, volleyball, softball, great activities. So come see us at the park on the corner of Garnet and the Creek Turnpike, or check us out on the web at parkplaza.org. Things take a turn for the worst as far as for you personally and what you had to go through, but by the end of the football season, they're as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a weird time for me. I mean, my best friend had moved out to California, and he was like, you should try these junior colleges, come out here with me. He was the only person that I knew in the Bay Area. My brother had lived in L.A., but I didn't know how big California really was. So the Bay Area to L.A., when my brother was living like six, seven hours, so it wasn't like he was, you know, down the street or, you know, and you know what I mean, like a car ride away. It was kind of mm-hmm. kind of far. So um, I moved out there. Um, my first year didn't really go the way I projected. My uncle had actually passed away. I had went home. My coach kind of treated me weird about my uncle passing away because I just started being in the starting lineup, and I left to go see my uncle's funeral, and it was just kind of a weird deal. So I transferred from there. And when I transferred, I really didn't know anybody at the Anza College. My friend was actually still going to Foothill College, and that situation was always like it was just different you know like it was you could tell that it was a a god thing there i would say certain things are just a god thing you can't really explain them um when the summertime came we had nowhere to live and that's when things just got you know and then our coach left a month before the season started at the end so it was you know it was just crazy because we, we have no coach and i transferred to the school i worked really hard no coach, nowhere to live, sleeping in cars, sleeping in the locker room, sleeping in the press box, sleeping outside, you know, just trying to figure out, like, man, how am I going to make this happen? And just praying and praying and praying, just, you know, like, I know you're not, you didn't bring me all the way to California to fail. Uh, you know, just talking to God, like, I, I know you didn't bring me this far to fail, and I proved, you know, to you that I really want it. You know, because I always say you you know, if you meet God halfway, he'll do the rest. When you were basically homeless, and as you say, living in locker rooms, you know, people's cars, uh, the press box at the stadium, I got to think, because you, you told me in, in our uh, correspondence that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I got to think at that time, you were really clinging to that scripture. You know, when I was a kid, like, I had one, like, when I was in, like, seventh grade, I'd, I'd, like, pray. I had a neighbor. We had, like, we lived in these row houses. And we had two neighbors, two neighbors that lived right beside us get murdered. And I used to be, like, praying, and I'd be, like, like, God protect me. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, dealing with all that stuff that was going on. And it was just, like, when I heard that verse, it was just, like, that aha moment. Like, 
You know what I mean? It was just like, wow. <laughs> Brennan, you become an All-American. You lead the country in junior college wide receivers with over 1,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. And obviously that catches the eye of uh, first-year head coach at Tulsa at the time, Todd Graham, who had this OC by the name of Gus Malzahn. <laughs> and they also had a record-setting quarterback in place, a guy named Paul Smith. And so uh, things really start to turn for the better for you, and especially for football. And at the end of that first season here in Tulsa, you set that record that still stands at 31.9 yards per catch. And in fact, you finish your career after the second year with 28.7 yards per catch for a career, and that uh, still currently stands as well. And, you know, that first year, I mean, we're talking guys that were playing college football like Percy Harvin and Michael Crabtree and Jordy Nelson and, you know, Danny Amendola, and you were better than all of them as far as yards per catch was concerned. And so you had this this trajectory for yourself on the football field, and, and even after after going into that second year, it looked like you were projected to be a second-round draft pick in the NFL after that season when tragedy would strike at the end of that second season. And, and But before we get to that, I'm going to go back and ask you about uh, playing with a guy like Paul Smith because, you know, Paul is uh, – He uh, comes on the sports animal in Tulsa once a week. Of course, he is a professed Christian. And did you learn anything in that regard from Paul in that time that you were at TU? Yeah, TU, like, what people don't know is I I really genuinely had a chance to leave my junior year um, after that season. But, like, TU was the first time that I was surrounded by people that were, like, good people. You know, just not only the coaches, but the community, the players. Um, it was really hard to even, like, think about leaving. You know, people would reach out to me and tell me I should leave and I should go. But it was really just hard because that's the only place I'd been in my life where I was surrounded by, like, a ton of good people. Like, you got guys like Paul, Charles Clay, Dave Johnson, Cal Grill. I mean, like, these were good people. Coach Malzahn, Norv- you know what I mean? Like, these people changed my life, a direct reflect on my life. And, you know, I was still not right at the time, you know. Like, I was a city kid. I was trying to figure it out. And being around people like that, it was just like, wow, there, there is good people out here, you know, young people who, you know. So it was really hard for me to leave to you, which I, which I didn't. And, uh, you know, I think it's the best thing that happened to me to, you know, stay and get my degree and be around good people because ultimately I knew it deep down in my heart, you know, my grandmother put faith in, into my life. I wanted to be a better person. I really didn't know how to be at that time, but being surrounded by those type of guys definitely gave me a living example. Whether those guys knew it or not, I was learning from them you know, each day on how to be a better person. And it's in Tulsa where you got baptized. Yeah, so that was that was definitely a life-changing experience. A lot of guys on the team, we had uh, Pastor Bill come out and speak to us, um, and then, you know, we all just got baptized that day. I still remember that day. I kind of like chills thinking about that day. Yeah. <laughs> do this exercise where we put uh, down on a, on a stick like all the things we had been through and just throw it away into the fire and, and you know, move forward with your life. You know, that was, that was a great deal. Then we, you know, got baptized the next, next day. That is awesome. Yeah. 
So the tragedy part would be the very last play, offensive play, of your senior season in the conference championship when you would tear your ACL, and that would set forth a spiral in your football career because you went undrafted, signed by the Dolphins in 2009 as that undrafted free agent and invited to a training camp, but unfortunately tear the same ACL again there. And I got to ask you at that time what your thought process was and uh, how you were really leaning on the Lord to carry you through that time. At that time, it you know, felt like a burden. But when you look back on it, I was really, truly blessed that not only was I paid by the NFL for two years, so it gave me a head start in life. You know, I was actually paid mm-hmm. uh, by the NFL to make that type of money at, at 21. You know, so it wasn't, you know, all for nothing. It took me till I started coaching that next year. So that first year I was on IR. I was the most publicized rookie on the Dolphins. I did like ESPN first take and NBC about the story of my life. You know, so... I was getting a lot of press, and I was doing well, and I, you know, made it to the starting lineup. And, you know, I remember talking to Bill Parcells and, and Jeff Ireland for a long time and it, it, a couple of days before, and I just went to warm up one day, and, you know, my ACL went, went again. And it was just like, man, how does this happen? But, you know, that, the thought process there was like, you know, I thought I was just cut and nothing happened, and, and, you know, I wouldn't get paid or anything, and I'd be, like, just out there. I ended up getting paid. Um, you know, they cut me the next year, and I still got paid again from the, the injury settlement deal. And that's when I got into coaching. So I was down and out, depressed, you know, just thinking I've worked so hard to get to this point, and it didn't really pan out the way I wanted to. And I actually started coaching, and, man, that did that life. It was it was so – I still remember it like yesterday. I was – I drove up in my car like, why am I – I don't want to coach. I don't want to coach right now. I just want to play football. And I get out, I meet a coach, Coach Zuber, shake his hand, he's a Pittsburgh guy like me, his family is from Pittsburgh, and he's like, just go out there and start working with the kids. You know, we interviewed for about 10 minutes, he was like, go out there, start working with the kids, you got to run that Tulsa stuff with them, you know, like, just get with the kids. And I ended up being there, like, all day, and, you know, it was just like, every day, it was like, man, I had something to wake up for again, excited. <laughs> You know, because I've been doing knee rehab like every day for two, you know what I mean, like yeah. a year and a half, two years. So it was like, it was just really hard to get up and continue to do that every day. I know you gave Pro Bowl one more shot in Canada with Montreal and fortunately a third ACL tear. And then that certainly would end any thoughts of playing. But as you mentioned, man, the coaching thing was off to a pretty good start. You went to Arizona State and coached there in 2015. Came back to Oklahoma, had a year at Oklahoma Baptist University in Shawnee before you became the offensive coordinator at Howard University. And you got to tell me you invented the go-go offense for two years, the last two years at Howard, 13th in the nation two years ago, 15th in the nation last year in total offense. What is the go-go offense that you've created? Well, basically, it's, you know, the, the formation that we use, the formations that we use are different from anybody else in college football. They're kind of throwback formations that were used under center uh, back in the 20s and 30s, and we just do it out of shotgun, and we go fast like we did at Tulsa. We still uh, two-back power run play action team, um, you know, with a lot of specials and, and, and trick plays, gadget plays, tempo calls. So we still have all that stuff, but 
you know, the, the formations are what make us unique because there's not any team that lines up like us or, or whoever it has in college football. So those are the things that make us unique and different. I actually started that as a high school head coach when I was a high school head coach in Pennsylvania. I had a team that there was zero expectation other than to beat the rival in one game and used it on those kids. And what we did, you know, was lights out. I didn't have a college kid on my team, you know, a kid who was a Division One type kid, um, offensively, and we ended up having like 500 yards and close to 40 points per game. So I was like, when I get to college, I'm going to run this. And, you know, Coach London actually met him. Uh, me and his son were on the Dolphins together, Brandon London. I met him when I was a high school coach actually at Waynesboro, and I was running that, like, stuff against kids, and we were beating teams at his Virginia camp when he was the head coach in Virginia. And he was said, you know, one day when I get an opportunity to hire you, I'm going to. And he was actually a man of his word, and, you know, when – when he got the job at Howard as the head coach, he, he brought me in as the office coordinator. One of the other scriptures, uh, Brennan, that you quoted to me in our conversation was uh, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And uh, I know that the listeners can see how that has manifested itself in your life to overcome a lot of the things that you've had to overcome to get where you are right now, the uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at William & Mary. And listen, we hope that you have a terrific terrific first season next year. I would love to see you at the end of the season uh, on the sidelines at William & Mary on TV playing for that FCS title. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you so much, and we look forward to talking with you again down the road. All right, now. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Suit Up. also want to encourage you to go to podbean.com and follow Suit Up 611 there, and be sure to give us a five-star rating. Thank you.